This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Viv Governor from Rand Swiss Offshore is on the line already. Viv, always a pleasure. Happy Friday to you. Uh, to you too. Uh, thanks for having me. All right, Viv, it looks like uh, just one of those days, I guess, on the JSC. But I think what really stands out is just how poorly the miners did today. What put the miners under pressure? Yeah, look, I mean, we are seeing, uh, you know, some tensions globally. But, uh, for instance, the oil price keeps on, you know, getting a little higher because of all the tensions around uh, the Middle East, especially. So we think, for instance, uh, red crude now is well above $80 a barrel, $81 a barrel at the moment. Uh, I have a, with the miners, I mean, we are seeing a couple of issues both locally and internationally as well. Uh, lo- locally, of course, we have issues like with the uh, transnet affecting us. I mean, we saw Kumba's results recently, and they were talking about the fact that they had to produce less iron ore because the stuff that they produce is being stuck, uh, you know, before getting on the ship. Uh, so the stockpile that is building up without them getting actually money for it, so they had to slow down a bit. Uh, at the same time, we are seeing things like the gold price is kind of stagnating just about $2,000 uh, an ounce, uh, $2,022 an ounce or so, about half percent down for the day. And also, I mean, if you look at uh, the, the currency as well, we are seeing uh, you know, some pressure coming through uh, in terms of uh, you know emerging markets here. Uh, I think that is also, you know, from the, uh, the nervousness around China at the moment. I'm also keen just to get your thoughts on what we're seeing with the RAND. I think earlier it had gone on uh, to breach that 19 to the dollar market is a psychological threshold, but it also speaks uh, maybe of a more dollar strength. Yeah, look, I mean, if, if, the, if we see our miners under pressure, miners are a huge source of uh, revenue for the country, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, earning us a foreign exchange for the stuff we sell. Uh, money under pressure, uh, it's also going to be negative for the, for the, for the run. But uh, we are talking about the fact that you know, the tensions around the Middle East, around uh, the oil price rising, those are also bad for emerging market currencies as well. Keen to get into some company news with you now, maybe starting off uh, with our commodity companies. Sasol's come out with a set of numbers there, a really, really, I think, um, disappointing one. I think earnings are down more than 40%. They have spoken about issues at Transnet, and of course, uh, that's very valid. But in my mind, there's still stuff happening inside Sasol uh, that's also keeping it from doing as well as it could. Yeah, look, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, you would think that, you know, higher or reasonably strong oil prices and a weaker currency would be good for a company like Tassel. However, they've had a lot of issues around that company recently. Of course, you know, you're talking about their like Charles expansion that's obviously having trouble. They're also having issues in Europe as well. You know, they have been affected negatively by the uh, the, the Nord Stream pipeline you know, blown up. Uh, the lack of uh, energy in Europe is obviously hurting some of the uh, you know, uh, operations over there as well. Uh, that being said, you know, if you look at... Uh, you know, the company overall be looking at, uh, you know, earnings uh, uh, for the six-month period to be around about 8 to 18% lower uh, than for the previous, uh, you know, period. Uh, this is not a great uh, sign for the company when, like I said, we are seeing things that should be helping their performance. Also keen to get your thoughts on what we're seeing with Exaro. I think Exaro has been on an, a diversification strategy, moving away from coal for quite a while. And so they've been looking for these green assets. And I think they're acknowledging uh, that they could be moving quicker in that regard. It does seem like there's a lot of competition around these green uh, ore bodies around the world. Yeah, I mean, apparently they were trying to buy a copper mine and the Chinese uh, are good there. You know, it, it's, uh, the Chinese are 
the world's largest demand of natural resources, uh, not just because of their own uh, operations, which are pretty substantial, but also because, of course, they make a lot of stuff for the world. The other world's factory, effectively. Uh, and so they have tried different strategies over time, including, you know, direct investments in, in, in several countries, you know. And so Exile is a to lose out to them. Uh, at the same time, the Chinese economy is under pressure. We've seen numerous things coming out of China. But in any case, especially the housing sector is coming down. But as you can imagine, it takes a lot of stuff to build a house. And so if that sector is basically uh, under pressure, you know, you'd love less resources in the country. I must ask you, uh, Viv, as we speak about this green energy transition, which is actually largely led by governments, uh, you know, around the world, a lot of these ore bodies are privately uh, owned. And I'm wondering how that's going to uh, work, considering how critical uh, these mines are, uh, these mines and these green metals are for economies uh, to uh, transition and to turn green. Yeah, look, I mean, I do think that, you know, some of the optimistic estimates about, uh, you know, green uh, energy, uh, are a bit overdone, uh, you know, because you need to have a baseline, and that comes from things like coal, from nuclear and coal, etc. And so, unless you're going to a lot of nuclear, you still have a lot of coal in your system. Also, uh, you know, if you want to be using like renewables, you need to have a lot of storage because renewables tend to be, you know, less uh, certain in terms of the production. The sun goes down, the wind doesn't blow, that kind of stuff. And in that scenario, you need to have, uh, you know, storage, and the storage often is, you know, more difficult to, 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 uh, to create. Uh, in fact, we don't have that much storage in the world as a whole. I don't think we have enough storage in the world as a whole to find to power even like you know uh, Japan for like a, a day or so, uh, of the whole world. So yeah, I think there's a lot of green stuff. Is 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 obviously good long term, but the short term there's a lot of issues. I mean, we're going to be using coal for a long time. I think. Also, can you get your thoughts on Arm? That's the UK chip designer. They've gone on to post, uh, you know, fantastic numbers. Interesting about them is that their stock is trading at over 100 premium to NVIDIA, something I didn't think was possible. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Arm is a bit of a, a weird story, right? Mm-hmm. This company basically uh, is owned by a company called SoftBank. Uh, it's a Japanese company. Uh, they know them as the guys that basically invested and lost a lot of money in WeWork. Uh, they basically uh, listed this company a little while back. Uh, because uh, they had to repay, uh, you know, money to one of the investors. Uh, the share price initially came down from about 60 to about, say, you know, 40-something, just like the, the high 40s. But since then, it's, it's recovered quite nicely. And even before uh, this particular thing, uh, you know, happened, it was still in around 70. So it had recovered above its initial offering price. But like you said, in one day, this thing, you know, basically went up 50-plus percent. On uh, good news and on the AI sector, especially apparently, data centers that have the NVIDIA chips are going to use a lot of ARM chips as well. And, you know, just to give you an idea, NVIDIA basically has done basically tripled in the last year or so. And so there's obviously a lot of, uh, you know, uh, demand in this particular sector. And ARM has just been one company that helped by the sector. And now maybe people are thinking it's part of it as well. What's also interesting, but I'm keen to get your thoughts on this. Of course, last year we saw uh, the likes of NVIDIA run very quickly and very high. The other guys who kind of were left out, that's where the value could be now, isn't it? Uh, it depends. I mean, think about this year, it's like, uh, yes, we, we we obviously would think, you know, chips are chips, but, uh, you know, it's the technology. Like, not every not every car, uh, sorry, not every car company is a chip, not every phone company is Apple. And often you do find when you have technological advances that NVIDIA does seem to have, uh, you know, we will see uh, the market rewarding it. I mean, there's a possibility uh, that NVIDIA ends up being almost a, a short-term monopoly or even a medium-term monopoly in the AI chip space. I mean, if you just look at how much money companies are willing to spend, and not just companies, by the way, countries as well. Uh, you know, the, we've seen the Gulf states, we've seen the UK, we've seen multiple governments trying to get money uh, together to basically build these multi-billion dollar you know, AI training facilities. So 
uh, if you are the leader here and you have the best ship around, uh, I mean, you are pretty much first in line to get, you know, uh, the billions or hundreds of billions. I mean, I think uh, we saw a sort of thing recently with AMD was talking about the fact that they expect something close to half a trillion dollars worth of AI investment over the next few years. That's a lot of money. Also going to hear what happened with L'Oreal. Uh, usually in difficult economic times, the lipstick effect comes in and we see companies like L'Oreal doing well because people still want to look and feel decent. However, L'Oreal didn't quite meet expectations. Yeah, apparently there's been a bit of a slowdown coming through uh, in some of the Asian markets and that's obviously uh, you know, affecting them. Asia is playing a huge part uh, in terms of, uh, not just like you know, we talked about uh, uh, commodities, uh, but also, uh, you know, in terms of a lot of luxury goods. I mean, I've seen, you know, numbers out there of some of these luxury good makers in Europe where in their home country, in Italy, for instance, like a third of the stuff they sell is to like Chinese tourists. Uh, they did report, you know, some rising sales. They reported about a 7% rise, sales, 6.9% rise in sales in the fourth quarter. Uh, it's a bit slowed down from the previous period. That may be one of the reasons that we're seeing this year. I mean, total sales came in about one, uh, 10.6 billion, rather. Uh, this is short of about the 10.9 billion the market had been expected. And before we wrap, Viv Hermes or Hermes, whatever people decide to call it, we see their shares reaching a record high as a booming sales outpace their rivals. And I mean, this is a really top end luxury. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, you would know more about uh, this kind of stuff than I am. I don't have the kind of money to buy uh, like a Birkin bag or something, but uh, maybe you do. Yeah, look, uh, they're saying that apparently uh, sales are up about 4.2%. So, you know, it's, it's all about expectations here. Yeah. The market basically uh, saw the, basically the uh, 3.36 billion euros for that three-month period. Uh, if you include, you know, uh, the fact that, uh, or you take into account the fact that we had uh, obviously fluctuating exchange rate, it was like a 17.5% uh, increase uh, once accounting for, you know, the exchange rate. And like I said, it's about expectations. Expectations of 14%, you get 17.5%, the market likes you. Very interesting times indeed. Thank you for your time. It's always a pleasure having you wrap the week's markets up for us. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. Oh, wow. That's Viv Govender, who's a senior analyst at Rand Swiss Offshore. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.